0: Morning. Morning. (laughs) Morning. Now, I know Jason hates this, but I'm going to make a reference to the weather. So um, I'm happy to see that you all came. I know it snowed quite a bit last night. But, uh, well, the rest of you didn't have an excuse because my in-laws are here from Pickering and Oshawa. So, (laughs) yeah. Well, for those of you who don't know, which I don't imagine is any of you, my name is Zach. Um, I've been coming to Auburn for three years now. It's my second time up here. Um, I'm significantly less nervous, but whatever. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so my name is Zach. I've been coming to Auburn for almost three years. And Gabby, who's sitting there smiling at me, and the one who came and kissed me, is my wife. We've been married for a year, five months, and eight days. (laughs) So, um, as someone who's been married for that substantial amount of time, you can guess that I, I kinda, I'm kind of an expert on this whole marriage thing. Um, you know, I, I defi- I'm definitely the perfect husband. Can't do anything wrong. Um, <laughs> reality, that couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, I remember a story uh, of a time where I was quite uh, the unloving husband to Gabby. It was up on this stage. Um, we were practicing for worship. And I think Daniel was leading that time. And we, did, we were just running through our first song um, and the, the mixture was all off. I could only hear Gabby coming through the monitors. And um, which, you know, it was the first song, haven't adjusted anything. That should be expected. But uh, so I told the sound person doing sound to turn Gabby down in the monitors. Now, if I had just said that, that would have been fine. But instead, I said something fairly stupid after that. Um, I said, can you turn Gabby down on the monitors? I hear enough of her at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, that was a fa- I can, that's pretty safe to say that was a fairly unloving thing for me to say to my wife or to anyone. <laughs> but um, I, I'd like to say, you know, I was thinking, you know, oh, it'd just be funny, make a joke. But the truth is I probably wasn't thinking very much at all. If I was, I probably would have considered my wife's feelings and how it would have made her feel to hear that coming from someone who's her husband, let alone from anyone else. But the the reality is I'm not the only one who says and does stupid things that they think are funny and hurt other people's feelings, especially those who are closest to them. I'm sure there are moments going through all of your minds where you did something that hurt someone who was close to you, you did something you shouldn't have done. Uh, Another example, someone's saving the last cookie, you go ahead and eat it, they get very upset with you. Or let's say, for example, you're getting very frustrated working on something, and you just can't, can't seem to get it, and you take out that frustration on someone who just happens to be the closest to you, usually your spouse. We can all be unloving at times, to our hives, To our wives, hives, husband and wife hybrid. (laughs) It's 2020 people. (laughs) To our wives, our husbands, our siblings, our co-workers, we can be unloving. This isn't a 21st century thing. This isn't, hey, it's 2020. Let's start beyond loving. This has been happening for a while. So let's turn to our passage for today. Colossians 3, 18. 19. Wives, submit to your husbands as fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh to them. We can already see where I'm going with that first story. So, where to start with those? With those? It doesn't seem to be a lot there. It's just two short sentences don't really say much, kind of just straight to the point, but I can bet there are a couple things already going through your minds. First thing, I want to start this off. I don't think in this passage Paul's addressing gender roles. Now, when we look at some other passages uh, that people uh, say do address gender roles, Ephesians 5, uh, 21 through 31, as well as 1 Peter uh, 3, 1 through 7, right? Paul and Peter in those passages make a statement similar to this. However, they then quantify it by providing uh, examples and comparing a man and a woman. I don't think that's what's happening here. Instead, I think Paul is touching on something a little more general than that. Paul is touching on a, a bigger picture of husbands and wives Loving each other sacrificially. (coughs) Loving each other more than they love themselves. Get some water. In a book, uh, Gabby and I got from a marriage conference. I wish I could remember the title or even find the book, but I'm sure if you know you get married, people just bombard you with books (laughs) on this is what to do to have a healthy marriage. This is what to do to have a healthy marriage. So it's probably somewhere in the, the pile of them we have. But the main premise of the book is uh, they gives you certain situations and scenarios, husbands and wives who are at each other's throats. And in that book, it's saying that there's two things missing from their relationships. The wives are not giving the husbands the trust and the respect that they need, and the women are not receiving from their husbands the love and the feeling of cherishness, whatever, being cherished from, uh, from their husbands. And so the premise of that book, and from most of the other books, without it saying expressly, is that... Men need to feel that they're respected in their relationships, and women's need to women's women need to feel that they are loved in their in their relationships and cherished, and like the gems they are. <laughs> so, <clears throat> like the gems they are. In the Church of Colossi, we saw, Colossae, um, we're not so different from where they are who they are, what they are, the issues that we've had, they've, they were going through then. And I think a couple months back, when we first started going through the book, Brent dove into uh, the context of the book of Colossians. He told us that the people of Colossians were being bombarded with false teaching from people adding things on to what is necessary for salvation you know bringing traditions and rituals that aren't necessary and saying that these are but we see a shift in the third chapter which is where i'm reading from in the bo- in the book where he stops addressing the specific things that the colossians were being taught and starts giving instructions for christian living <coughs> just like the church of colossae we f- we are all fallen sinners think back to my story pretty sure that was pretty fallen of me And we all tend to think of ourselves first, right? An example, look at the divorce rate in Canada, right? What is it, 50, 51%? Something crazy like that? (coughs) Imagine where it would be is if we thought of others first. The husband thought of his wife when he's making those stupid statements up on the stage. Just, a, just an example of uh, something that can be done and something that shouldn't be done. When one is saying, help me, I need some assistance with this, this is a common statement, especially amongst the younger kids who are into the video games. Wait a second, I'm almost done this level. Wait a second, I'm almost doing this. Or what is it? Or for those of you who are sports fans, wait a second, the game's in overtime. Just, it's almost done, the Leafs are about to lose. the relationship between a husband and a wife is supposed to mirror the relationship between Christ and the church. Imagine if instead of dying on the cross when he was supposed to, Jesus said, hold on, the game's in overtime. Just a, a quick aside here. For those who aren't in relationships, these principles still do apply for you. For those who have the gift of singleness, they can still be applied. Loving sacrificially is not limited to being in a marriage. Right? You can, lo- you can love your neighbor, co-worker, the mailman, whoever. You can still give of yourself to love them. I would just hope that it's not the same that someone would love their spouse, but whatever. <laughs> the, love of, the love that you see is called for a husband to give to his wife. Is a mirror of the love of Christ, the love that was showed for us all on the cross. Although that is so immense that Christ freely offered up His life for us all. And that that trust, that respect, that the wife is supposed to have for her husband, is mirrored in the trust and respect that we're supposed to have for Christ. So we're called to value each other more than ourselves, for husbands to give up your lives for your bride as Christ did for his, and for wives to trust and respect your husband as you would Christ. Now, it's not easy to give up what you want and what you need for others, but that's why Christ came, to forgive us when we make the mistakes, when we say stupid things on the stage, when we you know, lash out in anger on our spouses when we take out that aggression, when we do things we really shouldn't be doing, to forgive us and to work in us a change to go towards that example that Christ showed for us. Just some takeaway points then. Uh, Just once this week, with your, when your significant other, or for those of you who are single Pringles, uh, when your neighbor or boss or whomever else you interact with asks you for help, don't clap back with just a minute, when this is done, whatever, drop what you're doing and help them. Show them that they matter more than your time and they matter more than anything else. Another point is when they're focusing on something, and this is a big one for me, don't chime in with you're doing it wrong, let me, or take over, let them experience, you know, that independence that they need and lovingly offer to help them and be there for when and if they make a mistake. Things are just baby steps, one step at a time. But from there, you can get into a habit of doing these things constantly and working on it. But like most things, life is a journey, this is a journey, but at least we do have some good company. Worship team.